2: This is The Vault by Access Hollywood.
1: We're taking you on an epic journey into the heart of Hollywood with iconic interviews and fascinating conversations from the biggest stars in the business.
2: The Vault opens now.
1: What is up, you guys? Welcome to the podcast here on The Vault by Access Hollywood. We are going to press play on some of the most iconic interviews of all time. All time, the crowd goes wild. I am Zuri <sighs> Hall and you are-
2: Mi nombre no. es Scott Evans. I speak
1: Spanish. He's bilingual. Z. We have a bilingual host Z. on the podcast. Where's oui, the radio? Oui, oui. Oh, it's, now it's French. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, yeah. but I'm into it. A man of many talents. How about that? Uh, what's up, you guys? <laughs> Welcome back to the vault. Uh, today we are going to head into the vault to talk about Big Willie, the Fresh Prince, Mister Smith. Will you guys? He is iconic, and I just yeah. love him so much. And I'm so excited for this episode.
2: You have brought all the <laughs> nicknames out of your pocket. I brought you three.
1: Did. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying. That's
1: what they call him in the streets, all right? That's, you know, Big <laughs> Willie. Um, he is a superstar, global superstar, for good reason, obviously. Yeah. I mean, everything that Will touches turns to gold. He's had a massive career in, in music, television, film, producing, streaming, even TikTok. I watch his YouTube channel. Will Smith has a YouTube channel now, y'all.
2: You, will Smith will have you sitting on your computer in your bed <laughs> with hours gone. Right, and okay with it. And,
1: and also, what did I just watch? I ate a hundred howlings in a row. What happened? I love that Will Smith is giving us the clickbait we need into any
2: And it's funny because you you talk about him being on YouTube. I don't know if you knew if you know this, but YouTube actually went through a transition where they were trying to figure out how they could get people to come back to the, platform. the or get more people to come back to the mm-hmm. platform. And so they reached out to several big name celebrities mm. and said, we will create a channel around you. What do you want right, to do? Right, and right. Will Smith said, give me a crew.
1: <gasps> oh, okay.
2: Give me a crew right.
1: and we can do this and
2: we can do this. And he became kind of the pilot program for these big name, oh, uh, uh, celeb partnerships with YouTube. And so to know that we're still hooked.
1: Yeah. Today And I mean He does it so well I remember even before YouTube When he joined Instagram And everybody was like Okay so this is the gift We didn't know we needed And he was sharing All those silly videos Of him bothering Jada And the kids And they were just like Dad And we're like Oh my god Will Smith But that sort of insight Into his life I mean This all started What? 30 years ago now If you can believe it 30
2: years ago this year
1: Prince It launched Three decades ago y'all Yes you're that old um, Effective last month The premiere date Was September 10th 1990. And it was such an iconic moment, just period, especially for black culture. When I think about representation at that time, Mm -hmm. it meant so much. Um, But it was something that I think touched every household anybody who watched it it didn't matter what your background was you saw something of yourself and your family in that potentially and i think that's why it became such a huge hit i mean it shot him in a superstardom he had those huge films after independence day Mm -hmm. in 96 followed by men in black i may or may not have had a family reunion performance to that song uh it was great it was amazing there's video footage we'll talk about it later (laughs) wild wild west oh wait that's what i wild wild west is the one that i did the dance to it was a men in black and and my See? brother had the rap portion for will and then i was just like a little cowgirl or whatever i was in wild wild west and then me and my cousin was doing the backup we took first place We do those sorts of things for my family reunion. It was
2: the only first place take (laughs) for Wild Wild West.
1: We may have been the only people in the competition. It was a small family reunion, but but that was my jam at one point in time. Um,
2: It's so funny though, you mentioned all those movies back to back to back. They were all big hits, right? It it wasn't until Wild Wild West that Will even experienced the kind of uh, big budget, kind of, I mean, dare I say bomb, right? Like that movie was, it took,
1: did it, bomb? The thing is, I was so emotionally connected to that at my, what, 10, 14, 12 years of age, <laughs> however old. I was like, this is, this is the summer block, but this is the blockbuster of my life. Did it, bomb? Was I so young that I didn't realize I was the only just, one to yeah, step in a wild All right,
2: It didn't we'll matter. It <laughs> you know, the song was hot.
1: <laughs> the movie, however, maybe not. You know, a
2: different story. Right? He had, he had story.
1: many more to come.
2: But you said Independence Day. Yeah. So so Wild Wild West was yours. Independence no, Day. That was a jam. With, remember that was he was a jam. dating he was dating Vivica Fox in the movie yes. like that was his girl. Was, she yeah. was a stripper. Yep,
1: yeah. yep, yep, yep. With a heart of gold. With a heart of remember goal. that? Oh, that heart of gold to get you every time. Every, every time. time. Yes.
2: No, that lap dancer gets you every oh, the time. The heart of gold will that keep get, you. You know what I'm saying?
1: get your pocket. I don't I'm not, wait, I'm not, <laughs> not going to talk about what I know about that. But anyways, um, Will Smith. Yeah, a lot of films, a lot of big movies. And then obviously what I loved about it, especially back in the day, he would release these uh, soundtracks and these singles around the films because I feel like Will was like, wait, don't sleep on me. Let me remind y'all I do this music thing. I do music. That was the first Thing before Fresh print Getting
2: jiggy with it. Oh my
1: it? gosh. Oh na 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 na. Oh na 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 no 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 oh, no. No, no, you did it. Move on. Let's just not talk about it. Can we, Miami? <laughs> Bienvenidos a Miami. i Miami. Right. I
2: mean, come on. But it's it's officially not summertime until you've heard
1: summer summer summer, summer. time.
2: Time summertime. summertime. Mm. I mean come on right
1: okay. oh, oh, oh you caught that run okay, I want to you, but if you caught it then we could just talk about it real quick. Okay, them. Okay. Just kidding. Let's talk about Will, you guys. He's got all these things. <laughs> um, and then in 2000, I actually didn't know this until we were doing research for this episode that he added another title to his resume back in 2000, 20 years ago. Producer. You know the movie Love and Basketball. I mean, that is iconic yeah. black love story. I, that was yeah, but like what did the he goal. Do? Well, Willard got his first producer credit on this film. Obviously, it starred Omar Epps and Sanaa Lathan. And even though he didn't appear in the film, he executive produced the film's all-star soundtrack and that was the first in his career at the time which led to so many more credits Uh, we at Access Hollywood actually interviewed Will talked to him about his decision to join the production and I love this he shared why Love and Basketball was such a big moment for black culture with Gina Prince-Blythewood at the helm check this out
3: you know I saw the the, uh, film in the early stages and I just loved it you know it's it's so real you know i feel just the dialogue is very authentic and there's what what was really impressive to me is that there's a there's a certain aesthetic you know of black america that that isn't properly depicted in films all the time i mean there there's another aesthetic that we see all the time right. but there there's a certain uh, more subtle aesthetic that that isn't captured on film and disseminated this way often so i, I mean i just I love what they were doing, I loved the the vibe and the energy. And Gina did a, a great job directing, and Omar and uh, Shania did a, a incredible job performing. So, I, and I was like, all right, I need to be down somehow. How can I be down? So I have the soundtrack.
0: What's the aesthetic that they're doing differently? Is it is it the Brooklyn one or the Rutgers one? Or you know what? It's
3: more it's more like just black love. You know, you don't you don't see the 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 gentleness. All right. Of of black love is that where gentleness? It wouldn't be. What I is, know what you mean, though. Yeah, we gotta, yeah. I know, but I don't know
0: if they do. Know.
3: <laughs> you know, it's it's really it's you got you just got to go see the film. It's so it's so delicately done, and I'm just I'm just really excited to be involved with it. I'm producing the soundtrack. I got my producer hat now. I got another slash on the back of my name: rapper slash actor slash producer, Will Smith.
0: You're, the plaque on your desk is going to be this long, Will. <laughs> Talk to me about that, because I know you love music and I know you love this project. Is this the beginning of another career for you?
3: Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I, I think I, I got myself a good good, solid 10, 12 more years in front of the camera, then settled back into my Quincy Jones status, you know? <laughs> I can say, you know, because I, I hang with Quincy, and Quincy like produced the inauguration, and Princey, Quincy produced the the uh, Millennium celebration. It's like I want to do stuff like that. It's like things that people remember and just big, huge, lots of money, stuff that costs lots of money. I want to, I want to produce that kind of
0: stuff. How can you take it to the next level, though? Because you're always kind of a step ahead of most people. How do you take music to the next level?
3: I think being involved with other artists and and that that's where it is i think that as far as my music career i feel that my vision is beyond my talent at this point you know what what i see and what i can put together is much beyond the the physical talent of performing that, that I possess. So it feels great to work with other artists and, and to be able to direct other artists and to, and to, in this case, sculpt the soundtrack with all my great squad at Overbrook Entertainment, all my wonderful squad over there putting this uh, soundtrack together. And yeah, you know, I man, I'm just, I'm just feeling good about just being able to explore that next area.
1: Love that interview. I can't believe that was 20 years ago. But that even then at the height of his fame, he was still trying to do new things, push more boundaries, add more hyphenates to his already multi-hyphenate career.
2: Yeah. And and also while trying to be like in 10 15 years i'm be- i'm going to be uh, uh, not in front of the right. camera Yeah, like I- i'll be doing i'll be doing a quincy jones kind of thing meanwhile he just released right. a movie last exactly. year
1: if one like he has stayed giving us the content you know what i mean exactly um
2: do you- it was it was cool to hear him talk about the gentleness mm-hmm. of black love yeah. it was cool to hear him talk about how he seeing this movie in its early stages right he was like, "Ah, I need to be a part of this. How can I be a part of this? Oh,
1: 100%. And he was so right. I remember at that time, I remember watching Love and Basketball and being like, oh my God, this is amazing. I love, I also love this idea, this theme that two people could separate and find their way back to each other. It was one of my Mm -hmm. earliest um, memories or introductions to aspirational love, like the type of energy that I wanted to exchange with someone Mm. where they just kept finding their way back to one another and then obviously spoiler alert if you haven't watched Watch but end up together. Um, Do you remember the first time you saw the film or kind of where you were or what you thought about it?
2: Yeah, I remember thinking Sanaa Lathan is a
1: baller (laughs) right
2: and then to know that she had never played a game of basketball (laughs) in her life before she you know became a a a part of the film yeah Yeah, I just I also remember you know being a brown skinned black dude Mm -hmm. Omar Epps and knowing his performances you know it, it wasn't too Separated from this performance, did we get him in O? Right. You know, where they brought the the story of Othello Mm -hmm. to life. Um, And it's also funny because he, I don't know if you remember in Scream, I think it was the second one. He was, uh, Omar Epps played the love interest or the date. He and Jada Pinkett were on a date. They were the first killing of the movie oh
0: dang
1: wait i gotta go back to the. you know the i you know, I'd love to bring it yeah
2: you know i love you know i love to bring a, a another pop culture <laughs> reference into the situation into this, you know get moment. a little off topic yeah
1: oh we love an but, off topic moment here <laughs> how about this why don't we fast forward and head to the vault in 2002 so this is just a couple years later Access Hollywood had an exclusive sit-down interview with Will to talk about his career. Uh, It was Big Willie weekend, 4th of July, summer blockbuster release, and more importantly, um, the loyalty that Will Mm -hmm. experienced from his fans then. He certainly experiences it now. Um, He's always shown so much love, and they have shown him so much love back. Um, And he also made himself accessible to his fans. What I love about Will is the first time I met him on a red carpet— he was so generous with his energy Mm -hmm. and he was so willing to give you everything in that moment. He talked to every single person on that carpet, uh, no matter how big or small the outlet. And that same accessibility, he extends to his fans, which is awesome. So this is him talking about why he goes the extra mile to promote his films and connect with his audience on a more personal level.
3: I mean, for... I feel like the a movie is sold and especially a movie like uh Men in Black is sold on my relationship with the fans. You know, there's a certain thing that when when my name is is uh, on the marquee that it means something and to me it's important to to go out and and sell that and and represent that and um you know just to 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 let people know that I don't I like getting paid, but I don't I necessarily uh do this for money you know it's something uh, more important to me
0: than than getting paid yeah, you don't need the money anymore, so it's not about mm-hmm. the money but you do on on July third and fourth and fifth will you be calling your people and saying how'd we do at the box office today i mean you you're kind of curious about that right i
3: usually I usually try to avoid the you the do? box office because it's really you know Win or lose, it doesn't matter. For me, I like I go to the theater every night, you know, from probably about the, the you know, the, the 3rd of July till about the 7th or 8th. I'll go to the theater every night and sit and watch with different audiences, you know, watch it in the, you know, in the inner city and watch it right. deep out in Exurbia and watch it everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Disguise, that I can find you guys got a, a hat theater. on or do
0: people know it's you?
3: Uh, no, I usually wait till everyone's in, let the film get five or ten minutes in and then creep into... Into the back of the theater, but to me, that's way more important than than the box office number. If if there's only 50 people in this movie theater that see the movie, I want them to enjoy it.
0: Mm-hmm. But what can you do? I mean, if, if no one's not going to dislike this movie, but what mm-hmm. what can you change at that point? Or you just want to see it for your own? Yeah, it's
3: more about the the next project. Um, like like you know, for example, when when I watched uh, a film like like Ali. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, that was a good movie. Yeah, that, guy a, good. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that guy was good. That guy was good. That guy was good. You saw uh, that dude? Yeah, yeah, he was good. He was in yeah, shape, too. Yeah, no, he got skills. He got skills. Uh, but like I've never, I've, I've, been, I've never been more uh, pleased in a movie theater. You know, when I sat, I watched how the audience reacted, and my instincts were right, you know, choices that I wanted to make. And, you know, when you do a scene, there's 50,000 different choices that you can make during the scene. And the choices that, that Michael Mann and I made uh, in, in my performance in Ali, I felt very pleased with. So you can only tell that from sitting in the back of the theater and watching the, the heads of the audience.
1: Can you imagine being in a whole movie theater? Paid your 8 75 at the time? 875, 75 is like $27,000 at this point. But I would imagine then 875 dollars <laughs> 75 to get the ticket, and you turn around because somebody being loud or kicking the back of your seat, and it is Willard. <laughs> Smith, can you imagine Scott? Let me
2: let me tell you something. (laughs) I got a black mama. Right. She would have been like, "Uh, uh, that is Will Smith." You know what I mean? Like spot blown up, spot blown (laughs) up. It's (laughs) it's really cool to hear him say, "I avoid the box office numbers, Mm -hmm. but I do go sit in the theater." Yeah with the folks to see if the choices that I made landed the way that mm-hmm, I thought they would, mm-hmm. right? You think about like him talking about playing Ali and how much that role meant to him, you know what I mean? And, and to know that people responded or connected with it the way he'd hoped, right? you know, I think about I Am Legend even Hitch.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, Hitch. That's a classic. At this point, that's like a rom-com people go back to all the time. Anytime, you know, a guy wanted to throw out a rom-com, it was always Hitch. So, And I love that he made a film that, you know, even a grown man could be like, you know what? I love me some Hitch. And if we have to watch a rom-com, this is going to be it. So Will Smith was making, you know, the rom-coms for everybody. Not just the chick who likes the chick flicks. The, the, the man was into it, too.
0: the way car buying should be the one
2: holiday the holiday
1: holiday oh was that with, with cameron do you, who was that with,
2: yeah uh, uh cameron with diaz cameron jack diaz. black and uh the the divergent lady <laughs> the the, the, for, the, the rose
1: Shailene? Shailene kate, winslet. Kate, kate
2: winslet kate winslet kate
1: winslet was in divergent
2: Jew law Absolutely yeah she no. was like the.
1: what was she what'd she do she was. Like, she was the
2: the murderer. She was like the. She was like she one was of the people. Villain. Okay, maybe not Divergent. But that if be- you gotta choose between, if you gotta choose between, uh, the holiday mm-hmm. and Hitch, mm-hmm.
1: we go in Hitch oh, every time. Every time, I would actually. We're going Hitch. You. I would agree with you. Yes, I love that. I love. What, what that clip from the vault said about also what he prioritizes, right? Which is even at the top of his game, he wants to get better. And you can only do that through constructive criticism, through honesty, through realness, and so instead of being one of those A list actors who becomes out of touch with reality, he's like, No, I'm going to go find what's real. If, if it won't come to mm-hmm. me, if I'm surrounded by the yes men and, and the Hollywood vibes of, Oh my God, you're great. Oh my God, it was amazing. Oh my God, people are going to love it. He's like, Well, then, mm-hmm. nah, let me get out of Hollywood, go to the hood, go to whatever uh, theater I need to go to, and sit with the people that I actually want to entertain and see if they're entertained. And there's something about that that is extremely humble to me. It um, also shows a dedication to craft. It could be easy at that point in your career to just be like, my work here's done. You guys are welcome. Yeah. But he wanted to keep getting better and he wanted to stay on top of his game and that's how you do it.
2: Well, how many people have you interviewed and you're like, so when was the last time you saw so-and-so movie or show? And they're like, oh, I never watched myself.
1: Right, oh, so
2: and not to say, And not to say that those people are... Um, full of themselves right, or self-centered right. or that kind of thing. But to know that he hit part of his process yeah. is to see how people are digesting yeah. the content. is a pretty cool thing. It's also interesting to note that he understood earlier in his career that putting my name on this thing, you're banking on not just my performance, yeah. but my relationship to right. the viewer, to the audience. Yep. And you're banking on them showing yeah. up. So I gotta honor that.
1: Absolutely, There's a
2: really cool thing. You talked about the realness.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You talked about Will being like the dude who goes in search of the realness. Right. I wonder if he was really prepared for the realness that would find him at Jada Pinkett's Ooh, red table.
1: About to go there. We gonna do right? that. We gonna do that.
2: We gonna do it. Right. Because, I mean, yeah. think think about 2019. Yeah. Think about 2019. Right? He he, um, big jump into the Disney family. Mm-hmm. Two big releases. Mm-hmm. Aladdin, he played the genie, Mm -hmm. made famous by Robin Williams, you know, a lot of pressure on trying to recreate this kind of live action version of the animated classic. Mm -hmm. Also, a lot of, we've been waiting for this telling or this, perhaps this retelling of the story with casting that also um, showed a a, a more diverse spin, a more diverse experience. But he also had Spies in Disguise right? Yep. 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 I, rem- I remember being on the red carpet or I think it was actually a blue or a purple I was carpet there. For I think it was Aladdin. Blue.
1: Oh no, I wasn't at Aladdin. I was at Spies in Disguise. That carpet was blue, very blue. I think Aladdin was purple, right? I think. Okay. I only saw pictures. I wasn't Aladdin.
2: <laughs> I just remember there being elephants. Okay. There were being a whole bunch of ants. Like there was a, it was a crazy, yeah. it was a crazy uh-huh. premiere. Maybe the elephants actually I dream. Okay,
1: that could have happened. Just- Either way, <laughs> it
2: was a big premiere. <laughs> Shut down Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> and I remember like it was like there it was within weeks mm-hmm. of pretty big episodes of Red Table Talk with mm-hmm. Jada Pinkett for Facebook Watch. And I remember asking him, like, what do you how, how do you handle the fact that your wife, your life partner, is sharing so much of her experience and her daughter's experience right
1: Mm -hmm. with her
2: mother on the show remember red table talk that that season we learned uh, I think even uh, right along with Jada and Adrian her mother or grandmother
1: Mm -hmm.
2: that Willow was cutting Mm -hmm. herself during the whip your hair days. They were so open.
1: And you were watching Jada have revelations in the moment where Willow was opening up and hadn't opened up before that. And it was extremely vulnerable. I remember being surprised. The very first episode was Will's eldest son, Trey's mother, sitting down with Jada. And then talking it out, I was like, oh, they are really going there. They are being so vulnerable with us, which I was so surprised by in the moment, but appreciative of because it yeah. opens up the door and it normalizes these relationships, uh-huh. these families that people put in this pedestal and say, oh, they can never be going through what I'm going through. Oh, they, they're not dealing with step mama drama. Oh, they don't have the same issues with their kids, but they do. And I love that yeah. they were all willing because, you know, they all had to be on board for that to happen, that they were all you willing to share be. that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you could you couldn't have one that was like, no, nah, right, I'm not really, I'm right. not, I'm not down. And so, you know, especially for a couple that had been uh so private before, mm-hmm. that had been so guarded before, to open up the the floodgates and to potentially, as we've seen recently, even um open themselves up to criticism in a way, mm-hmm. right? By being honest and open and in their truth. Right. You know, I think about the conversation I had with, with Will on this carpet was like, how do you prepare yourself for the kind of candidness that the women that you love in your family are sharing yeah. on this show? Take a listen. I haven't seen you mm-hmm. since it, it it is aired. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. just want to know. I mean, it was... They the- just
3: be putting all our business in the street, man. <laughs> they
2: just put all our business in the street. Was there a moment, though, I mean, the I talked to Jada about mm-hmm. it, having your the the mothers of your children yeah, sit yeah. across from each other on television. Yeah, yeah. What was your first reaction when she said, baby, this is what we going to do?
3: Yeah, you know what? It's like she's loving it so much. She's so found her lane. Yeah. For years, she's been trying to find that lane. Mm-hmm. And I think this is exactly perfectly sh- where um, her spirit sings. You know, and she's there with her daughter and with her mother, yes. you know, and it, it is, uh, it is it's beautiful.
2: I told her it's changed the way I, I relate to my family. Yes, we watch it together. Absolutely. My mom and my little sister. Yeah, it's
3: like she, you know, she's doing something that when we look back 10 years and 20 years from now, she... Um, she doesn't recognize it because she doesn't think in the, this way. But, you know, she's absolutely changing relationship and family dynamics and how we communicate and how we get to the heart of things in, in, in a family
1: unit. Wow. I mean, He's so right. <laughs> That is a smart man. That's what a smart man does. That's a happy wife, happy life.
2: Right? But when they called, when when, when they had to call the emergency red table Oof. for the Oof. entanglement Jada episode. Jada brought herself
1: to the red table. You remember when she brought Jordan Woods and she had to slow walk to the table? Yeah. For the memes when Jada brought her own self to the table and it was Jada sitting across from Jada, ready to just go there on the internet. I was like, what is actually happening? I cannot believe they're being this honest. Oh my God, do Will just say that? And yet I loved, loved that he especially was willing to go there. Because at that point, mm-hmm. this was Jada's thing. As Will said in the, the interview with you, he was letting her do her thing. She was coming into her own. She found her lane. Mm-hmm. But for him to also get up there, sit at that table in her space- And you
2: could see, and you could see in his face- that it was not an easy. It was not. While it, while it maybe had been a a simple choice of, of course, I'm going to support this and support you. It wasn't easy.
1: Not at all. You could see him grappling with it. And there was a moment, my heart just, oh, it melted. Um, because I felt him in the moment when he was asking her a question or two, kind of getting to the bottom of it about, you know, infidelity versus cheating versus entanglements. like, what was it? You could see him sort of I don't know if pleading is the right word, but really questioning with his eyes, like, no, I want the answer to this, too. Like, what's, what's the answer here? Like, just say it. Say it when what she this said.
2: Is. When she said, you know, I found myself in an entanglement, he said, okay, what's an entanglement, Exactly. Jada? Define
1: that. <laughs> it's a, it's a he said, uh, okay. She said, okay. It's a relationship. He like, said, okay, we were in a
2: relationship.
1: Okay. <laughs> but I love that vulnerability because you can see that exchange between them. It felt like I was sitting at the kitchen counter with them. And nobody With else. Them. And I was yeah. so um, kind of blown away by the, by the willingness to be that vulnerable. But I think that's a testament to how both of them are as a, as a couple, how the family is, but also Will and his willingness to give. He was giving of himself in that moment to. the audience to the public because that was not something he had to do and that's not something a lot of men would do have the the strength you know and and the the confidence in oneself and one's or
2: even agree that that's the thing that they should do right like he opened like i remember reading a lot of the criticism about that appearance Mm -hmm. and it being like you got you got uh uh this is like, you let her pimp you. This, this, this is not something y'all should have shared in public. And I remember, and I've talked about this on, on our shows uh, a couple of times, but I, I remember it just, for me, it, it illustrated, one, that the idea that we have of people's relationship, we have no exactly. idea what's actually happening in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And that if we freed ourselves from the constant comparison yeah to other people and what appears to be their joy right. and their, perfect, their perfection, how we might get back to the work that mm. we need to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? How we might get back to the, the, the bliss and the joy and the, the epiphany in our own lives. Yep. But it also showed me what it means for, in particular, as a, as a single black man, what an example of sticking it out looks Can't like look, right what, right what what it looks like to be Two black people in love with each other, knowing it's not perfect, but just committing to however, whatever you happens. Figure this it, out.
1: Well, because remember, it was that last moment where you know they've got the bad boys for life thing that him and Martin do in the movie, and what they say, Uh what was bad marriage it? For, bad life. for life. But I love that they even found a way to laugh about that because ain't that what it is? At the end of the day, half the time, and I'm not just talking about them. I'm talking about relationship. It is so hard, it's work. and it's not just romantic relationship. Committing to having someone in your life, whether it's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your spouse, whoever, for the mm-hmm. long haul, It's going to get bad. And it's like, well, I chose this thing. And if I'm going to honor that commitment, then we need to figure out what this looks like at this stage in our lives and accept Mm -hmm. that it might be different than what it was when we started out on this. So I think that was the most real and honest portrayal of stages of a relationship. And and does it get more committed than that? That no matter what goes down, I'm going to find a way to stay present. Back to you. Yes. Stay present and be with you. I loved it. I was surprised by it, but I am appreciative Surprise. it. Surprised. Not mad at it.
2: It was interesting to even hear um, Willow say how proud she was of her parents yeah. for the, the kind of candor that they've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the things that they've made it through, she's like, "Yeah, that's the kind of like, no matter what, yeah, we're gonna figure this exactly. out." Exactly.
1: And there's so much comfort and security in that, and that's the most you can ask for, especially when you're raising children to trust that their parents will always do whatever it takes, whether they're in love, whether they're not, whether they're romantically involved, whether they're not, but they will do what it takes to figure it out for the
2: for the family. Yeah, religion. for the family. Sorry, for that. the
1: yeah, that's it. All right, you guys. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us this episode. Make sure you join us again when we make another trip into the Access Hollywood Vault. Uh, make sure you subscribe for more, okay? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts. We're there, and we're talking about all of the things from the archives, from the vault. So uh, we'll mm. see you next time, okay? Mm. Uh, Scott's uh-huh. hitting with a little. Wow, wow, West! Patch. You want to see my wow, wow, West dance from the family reunion? Yeah, do it. it kind it. it was like wow, wow, West, and you kind of hit the lasso. Wow, wow, West, and you do it with the left hand. Dun, 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 dun. And that was kind of it. I was only ten or 10. so. You
2: just did a lasso for twenty. You gonna minutes. judge
1: me? I said we got first place.
2: Wow, wow. <laughs> I thought
1: this was a safe space. Bye, guys. Scott and I have some <laughs> unpacking to do. <laughs>
2: The Vault by Access Hollywood is hosted by Scott Evans and Zuri Hall, produced by Access Hollywood Digitals' Jenny Depper and Rebecca Zamer, and Digital Media Management's Grant Rutter, Audrey Povar, and Ryan Middledorf, and Trey Boudet. Join us next week when we open up that vault again for more iconic celebrity interviews and all things entertainment. Rate, subscribe, and share. How powerful is Cox Internet?